Welcome to the Alive Lauren podcast and the place of celebrating juicy, soulful, whole, living, adventuring, engaging, being with what is. And sometimes, juicy, soulful, whole, living and being with what is can be being with some really challenging, like emotions that are just have a different flavor and are a little bit, I guess from a Western perspective, you know, there's this tendency to embrace and want more of the uplifting, naturally inspiring emotions, the joy, the upliftment, the, and, and sometimes less of a willingness and to see the beauty and to be with pain and grief and grappling um, and sorrow but it's interesting yeah, it just always fascinates me because in terms of food we definitely embrace having all the flavors um, okay not everybody but definitely they all serve and they contribute and um, they have a value and a purpose and a beauty so I heard a story that just phew, it reminded me of just a few different things all around the theme of sometimes there's actions of ours that land up Oh, causing really like tremendous um, effects that there's just like this domino, not that it was anything that was intended, it can be accidental, but it literally could range from anything to somebody, literally somebody or something's death. Um, so I'll give you kind of like some examples with this. So often like I've had times when I've put something on the stove and I forgot to put a timer on and I've gotten involved with something else and all of a sudden I've smelt this burning. And whether it's rice or something, like I've left it to cook and forgotten about it and the pot is like burnt black and it's just this smoke and it's off. And I've often thought in those times, you know, yeah, I've made a mistake, like something that I, I forgot to put the timer on or I got distracted. And most times, like it's just, it's a pot. The worst case scenario, if it's burned beyond repair, I can get another pot. But then I've always thought, or even sometimes at work, like if I've, I've made a mistake and I've made some big mistake on some report and some miscalculation and sometimes a mistake at a certain stage, it impacts everything afterwards. But the thing is, like, it can be, I can be fixed and often depending where along the stage it is. I mean, there's even options of like recalling emails <laughs> before they're read and changing things. But then I've often thought like, what happens in terms of like medically, someone's in a profession where when you make a mistake, that can be someone passing on, you know, or you're an anesthetist and all of these and thinking, gosh, because then it's it's not a problem living with a black burnt pot, but then if unintentionally your error has resulted in someone passing on, you're such so a yeah, and just to have infinite compassion and love and tenderness for one another. Um, and there's all different nuances to the stories and nothing's the same and yeah, but the things that came up for me, so the story that I heard, and I may not have all the details exact, but you'll get the essence of the story was just um, somebody who's very involved with um, like animal shelters and um, looking after and trying to rehabilitate and rehome animals or like um, neglected or abandoned animals and, um, and has such a deep love of 
animals and would never, I mean, the last thing that this person would think of doing is causing any sort of harm. And the story I heard was, I think that apparently like in one area they work with, oh, you know, like you've got SPCAs, I don't know, it's SPCA in South Africa, like Society for Prevention of Animal Cruelty. And it was something like when this person was in the area, usually there's a, there's a particular little, because they're so kind of like involved with the stray animals in different places, stray animals, I've also seen it here in Israel, like sometimes I'll go for a walk and some people feed the cats and then the cats get familiar and when that person's coming, they start running after them. And so, yeah, apparently, so there's one little cat that usually like jumps into this person's car and then usually jumps out pretty quickly and this particular day, jumped into the car, and they couldn't get the cat out. And they had, like, a bunch of things that they had to get do, do and get attended to, and was trying to, like, get this cat out. And also because it's a stray, it's not so easy. Um, it's, like, very skittish and, and running away. And so it wasn't possible to just leave the, cat, the car open. Um, and there were, like, a whole bunch of errands and stuff that had to be done. So they left, left the – they closed the car um, – the doors and um, left the cat in the car. And like I said, I'm not too sure of all the details, but I said, I don't think like a window was left open. I think it was just meant to be like a very, very short term thing. And the person was going to come back and then just get the cat out. And they got distracted by like a whole bunch of things and then got really busy. And then, oh my goodness, by the time they remembered, oh my God, the cat's in the car and went back. Um, it could have been from like lack of air in the car or the cat had died. And there's so many different things in the story. Like, who knows? Like, maybe the cat was really ill and that would have been the day that the cat passed anyway. Um, maybe it was because of, like, the lack of oxygen in the car. Um, and it was just something that this person was really bereft and so full of grief and was tending. It's so easy to then tend into guilt because they were saying, like, oh, God, I, I should have. And the should have, would have, could have. I should have put an alarm on my phone. I, I should have tried harder to get the cat out. And it's like... If that cat had not jumped into the car in the first place, like none of this would have happened. And sometimes we do something that, yeah, that totally unintentionally has caused something that's, there's no going back. But yet, like, we're still alive to live and in honor. And what I just thought was, when I heard the story, that this person is just like fully being willing to be with the pain and the grief and, yes, aware and seeing this tendency to feel like so guilty, but knowing that it really wasn't an intentional thing and then being mindful to not go down that rabbit hole um, and to look at ways that of what can be done in, in honor and going forward, what, like what can be learned or what can be gifted to life from this experience. And it was interesting because I, I heard it spoken of even if it's um, about like doing something in honor of this cat or learning about picking locks of doors to like get a car door open in an emergency situation and I know the elements not like I say it's not the same but it just also reminded me of two other things where Edith I think her first name is Edith there's a lady who um is a holocaust survivor and you know, she, I think she became, she decided to become a psychologist, but like really late in her life, in her 40s or 50s. And she's written a number of books, and um, I can't remember the name of the book or her full name, 
But I just remember her also because apparently, like in one of the entrances to the camps, I think they'd, her mom looked very young. And they saw her mom as her sister. And in entrancing, I think she corrected them to say, oh no, that's my mom. And that correction landed up to her mom being sent to the gas chambers and her being sent in the direction of a line where she ultimately survived. And like living with that, where it certainly was not her intention to send her mom to a gas, um, the line of the gas chambers, but yet in making that correction that that was her mom and not her sister, that's what happened. And yeah, just woof, to have sort of infinite, we don't understand and just embrace the mystery, the mystery of this life and this journey and find ways to still get up and still see the light and still choose choose meaning and purpose and, and ways to contribute and serve the moment in front of us despite no matter what pain or darkness it is and I'm sorry this does go over a little bit because then the last one that also came up for me was I remember seeing a really wow phenomenal movie um, very deep very many different challenging aspects to actually watching it um, it's a 2010 film I think 2010 Four Colored Girls and these women that all stay in this building and they know one another through being like neighbors and to lesser extents and you can see initially like judgments and things but ultimately like they're there for each other and one thread of the story is there's a couple where they've got two young kids and she's the breadwinner and I think he's from he's from the Vietnam War but he or Iran it was one of the wars uh, one of the conflict situations that her husband served in and totally broke him and when he came back he was dealing with post-traumatic stress and I can't remember all the threads but the bottom line is something around um, I think it was alcoholism and when he was sober and when he promised to fix things he was a beautiful human being and it's just the effects of the, whether it was the drugs or the alcohol he would just spiral into a very violent place and she kept staying with him as opposed to leaving with her kids always believing that he'd he'd get through it or he'd find a way or he'd commit to rehab and yeah there was just such oh so the one there's a scene where very yeah so I am in advance it is a very sort of challenging one to tell but I think just the, the scene and then what happened afterwards and the scripting and just this theme of getting up no matter how dark and finding the light and choosing and choosing to honor and go forward so um, one day she's she hasn't left, and there's, it goes in these spirals of, the, and they go round and round in these points when he does, whether it's drink or alcohol, and he gets really violent and very. You can't really communicate with him effectively at all, and there's a scene where she's downstairs in this apartment building, is many floors up, and yes, just warning in advance, this is like a challenging story, um, but there's so much beauty in seeing a way through and, and, and carrying on and seeing a way out into the light still. Um, I will, um, I'm just wondering how on this podcast, because if you YouTube search, if you want to see the scene in the movie, Four Colored Girls Grief, I don't know, that's how I found the particular scene. And um, it's not this scene, it's a scene after the conversation between the two women. So... She's downstairs, and there's some argument erupting between her and him. And he holds the two children out the window. And is very sort of threatening, and a whole lot of stuff is going on. And ultimately, he lets the kids go. 
and the kids fall and they do, they, they, they land up um, passing through this action of his, which inadvertently is also connected to her action of staying with him because if she'd left earlier, that, she, that situation would have, have transpired, but that it was never her intention for it to ever, ever get to that place or for that to ever, ever happen. And the scene that I really want to share that, um, so Crystal's the mom and she's absolutely like devastated and she's in such immense grief. And there's a scene where she's in her apartment and the curtains are drawn and she's in a fetal position on like a single seater couch. And Gilda is one of the other women who comes in to check on her and says, did you eat today? She says, no, you didn't. And Gilda goes to open the curtains and Crystal barely, like, manages to raise her arm to kind of, like, say no, and motions and murmurs no. She doesn't want the light let in. And Gilda says, Crystal, what is your plan? What are you doing, baby? You're just going to lay here and die? And Crystal says, how could he do it? And Gilda says, it wasn't just him, honey. Crystal says, I tried to stop him. And Gilda replies, you had to stop him long before we got to that point. And then Crystal says, are you saying this is my fault? And Gilda says, what I'm saying, Crystal, is you're going to have to take responsibility in some of this. And there's an agonizing, resisting no from Crystal as she sobs. And Gilda says, how much responsibility you take is up to you, but you've got to take some of it. And you can hear Crystal's grieving sobs. And Gilda says, until you do, you're just going to be living to die. I know it hurts, but you've got to get up from here. And Crystal says, but I didn't save my babies. Gilda says, then save some other woman's babies. Help another woman who is missing what you're missing. There's too much life wrapped in your voice. You've got to get up from here. And Gilda opens the curtains and the light streams over Crystal And as she goes over to her, she says, come on, come on, baby. And Gilda places her hand gently on Crystal's shoulder, lifts her into a supportive embrace, and gently holding her head, offering a place to lean, there's a moment of eye contact, and Gilda, helping Crystal upright, says, come on, baby, come on. That's right. Now, Crystal, I want you to breathe. Come on, come on. All the while, Gilda's hand is on Crystal's heart. And Crystal takes a deep inhale, and breaks into breaths, taking hold of Gilda's arm. And Gilda says, yes, baby, that's right. Yes, baby, breathe. I think it's just such a very powerful and beautiful scene in terms of everyone in their lifetime sometimes has very dark places to get up from, but choosing the light. And there are there's so many inspiring stories of different veins that people have despite the darkest of pains, chosen the light and chosen to step forward and still to live and to laugh and to smile and to contribute in honor, embracing the mystery. So precious heart, here is to masses of tenderness and allowing and being with what is and taking healthy responsibility, but just being mindful not to rabbit hole into guilt and coulda, shoulda, woulda and just having an infinite tenderness and compassion and love and an embracing of the mystery and surrendering into it because all we can do is the best we can to live and be there and step into the light and still find joy and see the beauty and see and be with the wholeness of it all. 
because we, yeah, our, I don't think our place is necessarily making sense of it from the limited perspective that we have, but finding ways to still live in deep, genuine gratitude. So much love. Happy adventuring. Mm-hmm.